Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. He has word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to his purpose, purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. The good. And we know all things work together for the good. The good. To those who love God, to those who are called, according to his purpose, purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. Hey everybody, it is day 66 of our 90 day challenge. Wow, 66 books of the Bible and... We are on day 66. I hope that this purpose curriculum has been inspiring you and changing you and challenging you. And most importantly, connecting you back to God for this is his purpose, not ours. With that being said, I want to go to our text for today, which is Romans, the 15th chapter, the first through the sixth verse. Father, we invite you into this moment. You are the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the great I am, and you are the translator that brings interpretation and clarification to the things that we have been called to. So illuminate your word and use my lips to proclaim your word for your people. In Jesus name, amen. Romans 15, one through six. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. Our topic for today, our purpose thought for your consideration is does this glorify God? Does this glorify God? God. The Jesus litmus test. It's one of the hardest tests you'll ever take, but today I want you to take it. It's a pop quiz that will change your life and hopefully bring you closer to God. I woke up this morning and decided to examine my every word and my every deed within the course of a 24-hour period. Every time I open my mouth, I would ask, would Jesus be okay with me saying this? Next to each deed, I would ask, can Jesus participate in this activity with me? Why? Because our 
text for today, Romans 15 and 6 says that we may with one mind and one mouth glorify God. Every thought I have, the Jesus litmus test, would I be okay with God sinking into my brain to approve those thoughts? Or would I run away if Jesus were to scan them in the lie detector test of heaven? (laughs) One mouth glorifying God. Every single word I say out of my mouth, every single word I say, can Jesus participate? Would he be proud of it? And this is the test I want you to take today. Every word you say, whether it's to your cranky boss or your lovely spouse, whether it's to your rebellious child or that annoying coworker, I want you to do it all in the name of Jesus or said better with Jesus in mind. Because when we take on Jesus's name and when we vow to live as Jesus's witnesses, we must be prepared to turn a few cheeks, endure a little persecution, submit to false accusation, and nonetheless pray, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Colossians goes on to corroborate our thought today by saying this, Colossians 3:17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. My grandmother used to love to open devotional service with this beautiful song. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Oh, in the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, Satan will have to flee. Oh, tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name. His name is Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the victory. And I wonder if we would be better Christians if we just walked around with the microphone, because sometimes it feels like I am my most behaved Christian self when I'm preaching the gospel, singing worship in front of church members who can say amen. But the truth of the matter is the anointing that God gives us is not for church. The anointing we receive may be received from a glory encounter that we had in church, but the anointing is not for church. (laughs) You don't need the anointing to break yokes with equal minds. You need the anointing to shake fallow ground, to submit hearts that have been wayward. You need the anointing for hard things. So I want you to admit that before we can talk any more about purpose, calling, passion, assignment, and destiny, I want you to kind of consider that maybe calling has been confusing because your language has not glorified Jesus. Your deeds are inconsistent with destiny. In the name of Jesus is your word or your deed reflective of the God that you glorify. Both Colossians and Romans tell us to speak and act like Jesus. But verse 18 to 25 in Colossians tells us why. Our relationships are opportunities to practice the love of God on real people. Both Colossians 3, 17 and Romans 15 and 6 challenge us to speak and act like Jesus 
because our relationships are opportunities to practice the love of God on real people. Wives submit. That's what Colossians says. Husbands love. That's what the Bible says. Children obey. Fathers can't entice their children. Slaves must obey their masters, which is actually in modern day, another way of saying employees obey your employers. So when I tie both Colossians 4 with Romans 15, I'm looking at God saying to us, either employer or employee, employer, create a work environment that is fair. Employee, do what you have been paid to do, even if they are not surveillancing you, because the ultimate employer in heaven is assessing your life to see if it lines up with his son. So when you think about this in light of the topic for today, does this glorify God? I hope you're challenged to be a better person. The goal is not to become the next Mother Teresa, however. The goal is to learn how to genuinely love our neighbor as we love ourselves because Jesus wants to help us live our best life. The Holy Spirit has given us the power to hold our tongue, to advocate for the disempowered, to listen and to learn from everyone. But until we walk it out, we fail to glorify the Lord. We fail to glorify the one who was buried, who died and rose on our behalf. Dealing with people is a great challenge, but you are fit for the fight. Your job is not to belittle others, but to treat them the way Jesus would treat you. Instead of fussing and cussing today, make another choice to glorify God. Do what the scripture says. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Pray for the person who doesn't understand you. Watch for the clues that speak to a larger issue and be thankful that God has given you another chance to get it right today. I wonder how few your words will become if you actually thought that Jesus was really listening to every word that came out of your mouth. And what I have come to understand on this path of purpose toward destiny is that many people are acting out of their own pain. They don't even realize it. And underneath their strong words is a broken and wounded soul. But you don't see that because you tend to take everything personally. Today, don't greet them in your name. Greet them in the name of Jesus. Imagine that Jesus has, like Patrick Swayze in the movie Ghost, possessed your body for a day. You are Whoopi Goldberg and Jesus wants to use your words and your walk to show the world who he is. When you see the world through Jesus's eyes, half of your troubles will vanish. You won't entertain certain conversations because you'll understand that Jesus is too valuable to waste his presence on pollution. <laughs> so today is your litmus test. Everything you do, do it in the name of Jesus with one mind and one mouth glorifying God. Let your tone sound like Christ. Let your texts read like Jesus. Everywhere you go, represent him and make his praise glorious. John, would there be any specific counsel you would give a business person uh, about glorifying God in their work? You must have heard a talk I gave earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> Does that come from here? Um, I, I, I gave a talk to the Christian businessmen's uh, group downtown today and uh, how to glorify God eight to five. And so 
first thing I want to say is I totally believe in secular work, meaning non-church work. We're all ministers. We're all priests, priests to the believer. And so I'm not drawing that kind of distinction. I'm just saying as far as the office goes, your priesthood may be at a computer company or nursing or doctor or carpentry or whatever, and my priesthood happens to be in pastoring. So I'm totally there, and I believe the Bible says we should be staying generally where we are, and only if God leads in a clear way should we leave the job we're in when we're saved. So the, the counsel I would give is seek to do your work in such a way that Christ looks more important than your work. Seek to make and use money in such a way that Christ looks more important than money. Seek to have relationships with people in the workplace such that Christ is more important than those relationships. Now, that doesn't imply the relationships go down in effectiveness and importance. It means, in fact, they go up. Because if Christ is infinitely precious to you, you will now have resources for the relationships and for the work that you wouldn't have had otherwise if those relationships were God. If they're God, you're drawing strength from them. And eventually people are going to feel that. You're using me. You, you may be really, really interested in me and you like to spend time with me, but I'm starting to feel drained by you. Whereas if Christ is all and he sends you into that relationship with resources, then the feel should be, I like being around you because I get, you're, you're ministering to me, you're not taking from me. And so, whether it's people, whether it's money, whether it's activities, we do them all. We're, we're, we're very good at them. We should be creative and industrious and excellent in all of our work in order to adorn the gospel and do it in a way that Christ is shown to be more valuable than any of those things. That's, that's the chapter in the book, Don't Waste Your Life, what if glorify God 8 to 5 or something is where I'm getting all that stuff. So let's start with the recap. Day 66 of our 90-day challenge. And every once in a while, when I miss my grandfather, I pull out his Bible and I open up the pages to find a passage of scripture that he highlighted in red ink. My grandfather, you know the story if you've been following me for any number of years, could not read until he was in his mid-40s. And whenever he wrote, he wrote with a red pen because his favorite color was red. In fact, his street name was Blood. And when he converted to Christianity, he wrote in red as a reminder of the blood of Jesus. So here are my grandfather's underlined pages in the Bible. And he highlighted this scripture long before he transitioned to glory. Romans 15 and 6, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God. And this one will seem really simple, but it's an important question that I think you need to ask yourself with every decision that you make. Does this glorify God? I do not want you to be mistaken. When I think of purpose, I think of his purpose, not mine. And there will be some decisions you make that will glorify you, but not God. So your litmus test as a Christian, as a believer, as one who wants God to use 
your gifts for his glory should be, Lord, every single thing I do, every contract I sign, every decision that I make, every partner that I connect with, I need to know, does this glorify you? Because our ultimate calling and purpose is to glorify God, to worship God in spirit and in truth. And God allows us to do that through the gifts that we have in the earth. Everything you do for the next seven days, ask, does this glorify God? Does my argumentative nature glorify God? Does my posture of entitlement glorify God? When I walk in a room, do people see God or do they see me? I want you to take this seriously because the introspective work that you need to do to ask this question will give you clarity around the answers to your next questions. Glorify God.
Everybody say Shine Jesus Shine, Shine for, all for all the world to see Yeah. Take it. 